Well, welcome to the kitchen table one more time. This is Arctic Eric, and I'm preparing to sit down here with you at the kitchen table and go into part two of a series on deliverance. Oh, that word brings up so many different thoughts and ideas to so many different people. I do encourage you, as I said, this is part two. You might want to listen to the introduction, part one, because uh, one teaching or one conversation here at the kitchen table can build upon the other. Okay, here we go. I want to uh, take a moment here in part two and define two terms, the way that that I see these and my definition of them, and include some other ideas that are, that are also accepted to define two words. And those two words are deliverance and exorcism. Now, most commonly, both words are considered synonymous. If you say deliverance, you mean exorcism, and if you say exorcism, you mean deliverance. However, for my purposes, as we sit down here at the kitchen table, and by the way, I appreciate you being here with me. I know you have a, a life to live and a schedule that might be as filled as others, but you're willing to take time to be here with me at the kitchen table. I just want to thank you for that. Okay, uh, let's begin our chat here about the words, the terms, deliverance and exorcism. In my thinking, deliverance is a New Testament concept. Deliverance is, in its simplest terms, where the name of Jesus, the name of the Lord Jesus Christ alone is what is spoken in the ministering of deliverance. Now, in that word exorcism, it branches off into two potential uses. One is occult exorcism, which we'll look at here, and the other is exorcism uh, that is found in some church groups, primarily with an upsurge of what is happening for a, quote, needed increase, end quote, in exorcisms among Roman Catholics. So, as I said, in my understanding, thinking, and defining the word deliverance, it is primarily the name alone, the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, when spoken, that brings about uh, a new level of freedom for an individual. Whereas exorcism, I said, is two different branches, if you will. The first branch, and the most common, is where the emphasis is on prayer, not necessarily commanding, but prayer, and then having material support, having support from things such as a cross. And for some, the bigger the cross, the more power. And then there is also the use of Bibles. And for some, the older and bigger the Bible, the more power it has. Of course, we see uh, neither of these things in the New Testament with Jesus. We don't see him or his disciples laying uh, the Torah on people. They had no Bibles. And we don't see them laying a cross on anyone. Christ had yet to be crucified. So those are additions, and I think actually unnecessary. But again, that is what occurs. But the biggest thing that separates them so far in this little chat here at the table is prayer and material 
aids or helps versus the name alone. But for me personally, when I use or think of the word exorcism, the first thing I think about as a missionary and other missionaries often do is occult exorcism. What do I mean? I mean that is where trained specialists, if you will, sometimes called witch doctors and other such things, where they conjure up by ritual and by experience and by tradition powers of darkness and those things, uh, those powers that are conjured, they, they focus them one of two ways. As I mentioned in the introduction about India, they were conjuring power into necklaces that they were putting around the children to help free them from their night terrors and their lack of sleep. However, the actual result was uh, an increase in, in difficulties, but they did not relate them. The other is often experienced in, in high spiritually sensitive cultures, both in Africa, but I'm thinking right now about Haiti, where a spirit will be conjured through a ritual and other ways into someone, in most cases children, hoping that this new spirit will arrest or take authority over the spirit that is causing the dilemma. The problem is it requires that those uh, new ritualized demons or spirits, that they are more powerful than the problematic spirit, and it leaves you in a more difficult condition than when you began. So let's look at this real quickly again. Deliverance, as I'm going to be using it, focuses on speaking the name of the Lord Jesus Christ alone. Now, when I say alone, there might be oil involved. There are some Pentecostals that, that like the oil, and that's okay. It's also a symbol, uh, so we understand that. But then there is the exorcism where there's a dependence upon prayer, often quietly, there isn't much speaking, and additional materials or aids, such as a physical cross of some type, or a Bible, or special relics from the church past, etc. And then that exorcism branches off, or, or another definition, is this conjuring, this ritualized form of, quote, exorcism. And of course, we as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, we're not at all interested in conjuring up anything. In fact, we're cautioned against that in the Old Testament, without a doubt. And we certainly don't want to be involved in conjuring and then sending spirits into things, and most assuredly, not into people either. So here at the kitchen table, I just want to here in part two lift out uh, a clarification about deliverance and exorcism. And I want to add one more thought before we leave the table, and that is this. There are those, and I understand it, who have used deliverance and exorcism this way. That deliverance is an immediate power encounter 
What do I mean? I mean like what happened in India or what happened here in Sweden where the enemy manifests as it did in Sweden and there is a a, a casting out of that spirit, a power encounter. It's more immediate. It isn't really planned. It's just that we're prepared uh, by the Holy Spirit, understanding the authority and the power in Jesus' name, and there is what can be called a power encounter. And then there, in this other understanding, it can be that exorcism then means planned encounters. And we see that uh, planned encounters are what has been growing out of the, quote, deliverance movements in the last 50 or 60 years. And it is both a counseling situation, and I lean toward that. And as we go through the many parts we're going to go, I will build a platform for seeing people set free. But uh, it can include, of course, a planned encounter. I think about that first encounter back in Tallahassee, Florida, oh, so many years ago. It wasn't instantaneous. In other words, it wasn't an immediate power encounter. The person contacted me and said, hey, I think I'm in need of help based on what we talked about uh, in the small group. The question had come up about deliverance, and we looked at New Testament scripture, and in the end, uh, I visited this person, and God was merciful, so we could say that was a planned encounter. For myself, uh, I don't define it that way, meaning power encounters are deliverance and planned encounters are exorcism, but I have no problem with those definitions. I choose to to cover them both under the cover of deliverance. And I lean primarily to a progressive deliverance view. So it would be a power encounter and a progressive And uh, most of my teaching is going to be based on the progressive view, my terminology, the progressive uh, encounter, if you will. And then in the progressive encounter, you may actually discover a need for a planned power encounter. But anyway, we'll just go on with that. I hope this clarifies some terms for you. Uh, I did expand a little bit about what happened in India, and the most important thing about what happened in India was when I was back there a year later after we prayed and took authority over the situation and we bound and cast out those powers from those children that the reports came that the children had slept like babies since that time. Okay, that's it today at the kitchen table. This was part two, uh, the podcast series on deliverance. This is Arctic Eric saying to you again, thank you for joining me here at the kitchen table. And I want to pray that best prayer that I know to pray. And that is that God's good, perfect, and acceptable will be done for you, in you, and through you for others. I pray it so in Jesus' name. God bless you. Good day.